Hey, hey, welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Morcus, and today I sit down with Rick Ciceri. Rick has been a pioneer in the direct response advertising industry since the early 90s, and his strategies have helped build many iconic brands that you have probably heard of, from things like Juiceman and Sonicare to the George Foreman Grill and OxyClean. And Rick is responsible for many of these campaigns or many of these brands going from zero to hundreds of millions to even in the case of GoPro from a startup to over a billion dollars in sales in just a few short years. So I brought Rick on the call today to talk about video marketing, infomercials, and video persuasion, which is also the title of his new book. So by the time this is live, you will be able to find this on Amazon or in bookstores. And the book is called Video Persuasion. And in today's call, we talk about a few different aspects of video persuasion. We cover a lot of ground in this. We do talk about some of Rick's experience and backstories and anecdotes around the George Foreman Grill and OxyClean and some really fascinating stuff there. So I think even if you're not interested in video production or video marketing or video persuasion, you'll find it fascinating just to hear the stories. But secondarily, and I think this is also really important, and we talk about this briefly in the call, we talk about how the video persuasion strategies that Rick is using, these kind of direct response infomercial style strategies, they do cross apply to a lot of other uh, mediums and platforms. So social media, email marketing, et cetera. So even if you're not on the video production front, you're not trying to do video, I think you're going to take away a ton of great stuff from this, including here's my big highlight for today's call. And I think there's a lot of gold in this interview in this episode. But one thing that I think you should extract and implement right away is make sure to get recorded video testimonials from customers. This is the way Rick actually, the way this came up was this is how Rick actually begins to produce an infomercial and and produce video marketing content is by interviewing 15 or 20 customers. And what he finds is that, you know, he'll get, end up with five or 10 really great video testimonials from it. And so this is such a great hack to not only learn why your customers are buying from you, what they like about you, what they like about your products, but to actually then get amazing testimonials from them. So it serves two purposes um, among others, but that's the goal. I think you really should implement that. So a lot of good stuff in today's interview. I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you enjoy. And if you do, make sure to leave a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you can find it. Just go to tomworkies.com slash iTunes or tomworkies.com slash podcast. And you click on one of the links in one of the show notes. And you can also find today's show notes at tomworkies.com slash podcast. I'm going to take a breath now. All right, you guys ready to go? Let's do it. Rick, so before we dive into video persuasion, Tell us a little bit about how you got started. Let's go back in time a little bit, kind of what led you to what you're doing today. Oh, that's an interesting story, and I'll try to keep it as short and condensed as possible. I actually had a, have a degree in biology, and um, my plan was I was going to go on and become a dentist with a high school friend of mine. He, he's a dentist today, and somehow I got sidetracked, and I didn't feel like going on to graduate school And I ended up going back. My family was living in Daytona Beach, Florida, moved back down. I was kind of a bum for a year, a bartender and a lifeguard. And, um, but I started reading a lot of books about how people were making money, motivational books. And, and, you know, back then it's still true today. A lot of people were making money in real estate. So I started uh, going to seminars and I went to one seminar, went out and did what they told me and actually flipped a house in, in two weeks. Back then, it, we called it buying distressed property. And um, 
I was so grateful. I called up a, a Florida business magazine and said, hey, you have to check this out. And um, they wrote a story on the guy and that publicity helped his seminar business. And so he asked me to come work for him. And so before I knew it, I was in marketing. And just to give your listeners uh, a gauge of how long ago that was, we were still promoting these real estate seminars with newspaper ads. Um, but very quickly, I, I started getting into television direct response because some of the real estate guys were the first ones to use that. And, um, and I used that same marketing model then. I have always had a passion for health. And I started a company in 1989 called Trillium Health Products. And we created the Juice Man and Bread Man brands and made those popular through television infomercials. And that company, you know, we were at the right product at the right time with the right message. And that company grew to 75 million in sales in a little under four years. And we sold that to a company in Chicago called Salton Housewares. When I say we, it was my brother and I. And um, I took some time off and then I had people start. And Rick, if you don't mind, I, I have a quick question on that one because sure. I did think this is so fascinating and, and I just sure. want to go through the whole story, but I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't forget this. So that was with Trillium Health Products. You guys, that was about a, what, you spent about two years on that and then you sold it in about two about years? About three, three and a half years, 80, 89 yeah, a little bit, really close to four years, three and a half, four years at the most. And and then you were able to sell it. And, and so one of the things you, it, it looks like you guys were doing some serious, like I was just checking out the, the Wikipedia stats on this, the annual revenues of 950 million. Is that 950,000? Oh, to over 75 million by 1991. You guys were doing yep. 75 million a year. Yep. That's wild. Yep. Okay. Yeah, just wanted it, to put that was, in context. Well, you know, it was interesting. I, th I think the best way I can put it in context was in the early days of television marketing, it was very similar, I think, to the early days to anybody who figured out doing early Facebook advertising or early online marketing that you were getting dramatic returns for the amount of media dollars you were spending. And like I said, and we, you know, besides the market being right for it, we, it was the first time where somebody had popularized juicing. And so we, we were just in a, again, with the right category and the right products. And, and so when, after we sold that business, um, I had a lot of people coming to me, uh, wanting to do that type of marketing. And I kind of accidentally started an agency and one of our first products was the Sonicare toothbrush. It was a local Seattle company. They were having trouble getting shelf space. Uh, we did some television marketing, educated the consumer. Um, that company had tremendous growth as well. And then the company that bought our juicer business, Salton, they came back to me and they had a product, which at the time was a slanted grill. It was a fajita maker. And we could talk about this story a little later. That turned into the George Foreman grill, which was one of the most successful um, infomercial products of all time. And then I, I made uh, Billy Mays's, the OxyClean. I made his first OxyClean's first 10 infomercials. So we helped launch OxyClean. Um, all sorts of products, you know, um, Rug Doctor, Clarisonic. And then more recently, um, you know, for your listeners, we did all the television marketing for the GoPro cameras. And, um, you know, they grew from zero to a billion dollars in sales in eight years um, through the combination of uh, television, but a lot of good online marketing. So that's kind of a short, in a nutshell, uh, some of the highlights. Um, but I've really been doing direct-to-consumer marketing using video for the last 25 years. And that's kind of why I wrote my book, Video Persuasion, was kind of to share all the lessons I've learned about how people respond to video and how you get them to respond. So 
Yeah. And as of the recording of this, it's not live yet. When this podcast is out and people are able to listen to it and download it, it will be out. So I'm going to, I'm going to be picking it up myself. I'm going to encourage other people to pick it up too. There's got to be some great stories in there. And I want to kind of go into your, a, a few of these kind of things you've done in the past. And then, and then maybe we'll circle back around. I think it'll tie into sure. uh, your, your new book. So mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of curious when you got into this, when you first, when you did your first like video or television, uh, I guess would have been called infomercial at the time. When, yeah, when I didn't even that? know if that term was in existence back right. then, to be honest with you. Um, uh, it, it, was, it was a real estate show. It was a half-hour show. Mm. And what I did is I, I went out and I interviewed a lot of um, um, high-level motivational people at the time. I, uh, there was a guy named W. Clement Stone um, uh, who wrote uh, The Success System That Never Fails. And I think he was the founder of Success Magazine. Norman Vincent Peale. Um, uh, you know, just people that uh, would motivate the viewers. And it was a really motivational and, and I've always believed in selling through education. So I was always trying to educate the viewer. And I always found that I got great response doing that. Did that just kind of come, I find like th- that remarkable for, for a number of reasons. One, because it wasn't really done at that point in time, like you mentioned, it's like, I don't even know if there was a, a name or a term for it, <laughs> but then the ability to like tell a story effectively, like in a really condensed period of time, and through video, like there's just many facets to this. So it's like, where did that come from? Was this just something you kind of felt intuitively? You, like you just figured out how to produce something like this? Yeah, you know, there was a, a lot of that. I, I always say that making videos, and, you know, that work on uh, direct response marketing and direct response videos is kind of like half science, uh, half art. And uh, so there is definitely um, a gut feel to things. Uh, but then there's also a lot of, um, sales experience. I, I mean, I'll just relate a really funny story is, you know, I, when I was a, a, a lifeguard down in Daytona beach, it was a quasi lifeguard. I really, my main job was selling suntan lotion on the pool decks and I had to learn to do one-on-one sales cause it was commission only. And if I didn't sell any product, I wouldn't eat. So you really learn, um, sales techniques and how to effectively sell. And I think one of the things I was able to do really effectively was um, uh, translate that in-person sales into video and use those same techniques that would work one-on-one. And if you think about it, some of the great pitchmen, like I mentioned Billy Mays earlier, his background was in um, pitching at fairs and pitching products. And he got really good. And really all you did with the television camera or, or video camera was, it was like putting a magnifying glass on his sales pitch so that you were able to reach many more people. And I've, I've always um, taken that uh, concept of, of, of bringing sales to the video marketing that I did. What, were, what would you say were, were some of those principles or those ideas um, in terms of like kind of you know, from, from in-person to on-camera that, that you think are like maybe the most critical or most fundamental to getting it right? Yeah, I'm going to answer that question in just a second because sure. another thing happened when I was younger. I, I, both, I read a book and went to the seminar of, uh, and I'm sure you've heard of this book uh, by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence mm-hmm. People. And um, it, the seminar I went to was about learning how to speak on stage. And 
uh, he had a very simple formula for giving a talk. It's tell the people what you're going to say, say it, and then tell them what you said. And believe it or not, as simple as that formula is, I've used that over the years in 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 videos uh, that have helped them perform better. And so one of the secrets to answer your question is, I think you have to let people know right up front what a video is about. How many times have you watched a video either on TV or online and you're sitting there and you really don't know what it's about and then you click away from it or turn the station and so I'm a big believer in letting people know right up front what something's about. And then you're not going to, no one's ever going to make a video that every single person in the world is going to watch. But if you can capture a specific target audience, then you're going to have success with your videos. So I go into my book in Video Persuasion, I talk about three great ways to start any video. Uh, one is you can start it with a question uh, like, how would you like to lose 10 pounds? How would you like to get better sleep? How would you like more energy? Um, th something like that. So anybody that's interested in that particular area is going to listen to the next part of the video to see if you're actually answering the question and solving the problem. So that's always a tried and proven way to, to start a video. The other one is starting with a factoid. And I'll give you an example. Um, that juicer infomercial for the juice man juicer uh there was a cnn story that said the scientists had just found an element in broccoli that was proven to prevent breast cancer so we started the show the half hour show with that factoid and then people were curious about it because this was new information we went on to go and talk about how fruits and vegetables could be beneficial to your health and um, that was another very successful show so things like that i go into detail about how to start your videos what type of content people like to watch you know all sorts of things do you find that this type of video marketing if you will uh in terms of the market because you just mentioned that is it, um, it sounds like it, it's structurally then kind of fairly consistent. And then the things that are different market to market is maybe, maybe how you, how you talk about a product or how you spotlight it. Um, I'm kind of curious about that because you've worked, <clears throat> excuse me, you've worked in a number of different, <clears throat> different products and on different product lines. And, and some of these are kind of like, I know they're all kind of B to C, but you know, the George Foreman grill, OxyClean, like these are still different things for different people. Uh, and so I'm wondering, how do you think yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you a real. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great, a great question. Um, because and, and it's interesting because when clients used to come to our agency, they'd say, oh, well, you were successful at selling a grill, but you'll never be able to teach someone to play the guitar. Um, mm. And 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 yet the structure, the basic structure of selling doesn't change. But even more important, if you dig down a layer deeper, um, human nature doesn't change and the psychological reasons that motivate people don't change. And there's a great book I, I want to um, uh, refer to your listeners. And you've probably, again, heard of this one. It's called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. And he talks about six different um, persuasion principles. And just to, to share one that um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of, he's the one that came up with this concept called social proof. And social proof is using testimonials um, to really deliver um, the, the, the actual um, 
definition of social proof is that if people are in a situation and they don't know how to behave, they'll look and see what the other person is doing. And so that's why testimonials are so powerful, because people like to see that someone else is using the product and had a good experience. That's why Amazon reviews are so powerful. I like to use the analogy that um, if you're driving your car and there's two left turn lanes, and how many times have you done that? And, and there might be 15 cars in one lane and only one in the other. And that's because psychologically people say, well, everyone's getting in this lane. That must be what I need to do instead of going to the shorter lane. And so it's a really powerful principle that, that really works. And so I go in, in my video persuasion book, I talk about those six principles and how you can use them in your videos to make them work better. It's fascinating. Yeah, this is, um, so, so I find it like really fascinating kind of digging into this because, you know, one of the things too is with, with I guess with um, video and with infomercials is you do have a certain period of time. Do you think that these, these topics like, or the, the, um, the techniques, some of the techniques you're talking about, the strategies, some of the fundamentals, it seems like I can, I, I kind of picture them applying to things like email marketing, obviously direct response marketing. Um, and I'm almost wondering about like how they might work in the context of like paid traffic or email marketing and things like that. Right. Um, in different ways, do you, is there, do you think that they, um, translate into those other areas? Oh, they absolutely, they, ab they absolutely translate. And, um, again, um, the direct response principles, I didn't invent these things. Uh, people were using them back when they were selling through catalogs, like the Sears catalog. Then there was direct mail, and they used these same copywriting techniques, um, you know, the rule of scarcity, that type of thing. Uh, after uh, direct mail, there was radio. Then there was television. Now there's on online marketing. So if you understand the foundational concepts all these other things which you were talking about, whether it's Facebook, Amazon, whatever, those are delivery platforms. And and if you know how to um, uh, market to people and get them to respond, whichever channel that you're using will absolutely work. But I'll give you a great example. Um, Amazon, I work with a lot of large Amazon sellers. And if you look at most Amazon listings, they're just plain product pictures. So we stole something from the video marketing where we started putting up um, infographics on each of the pictures, calling out the benefits. And right away, we increased conversions by as much as 20% on the same listing just by adding those infographics, which is something we used to do on television infomercials. And then the other thing on, the, on Amazon listings, if you add video to your Amazon listings, um, your conversions will, again will increase another 20 to 40% because people just respond to video much better. So the concepts are tried and proven. They've worked for um, decades and really it's the delivery platforms that have changed. And if you know how to use the principles, you can adapt them to any platform. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and so I guess I, I do feel like a, a big part of this when you say that, when you know those principles and you, you understand the marketing aspect of it and the sales, sales piece, I do feel like storytelling is a big part of this. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if it's like the, the most important part, but it's like, it's a substantial piece of this. It's like, how do you tell a story? Like even those little hooks you talked about at the beginning that I thought were really useful, like ask a question, you know, or, mm -hmm. or lead with a factoid. Um, these are things that I've been 
thinking about and trying to improve in my own, you know, email marketing and my own, you know, sales page copy, things like that is how, you know, in different, in different contexts, of course, you know, it's like for, for email marketing, it's how do I get somebody to open the email and keep reading, you know, is it, and, and can I captivate them, hook them, make them, you know, interested and entertained. So they keep reading and they follow the, you know, follow the call to action link or, you know, they buy the thing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've, I've been trying to figure out like, what are like kind of these structural hooks, um, and things like that, that can make writing and just the production of these things uh, easier. So with your book, again, I don't have it in front of me, which is kind of a bummer, but um, will do you provide a framework and something that people can kind of like uh, follow along to plug this in? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I talk about, um, I spend a lot of time talking about direct response concepts. And at the end of each chapter in the video persuasion book, I interview, um, quote unquote, an expert who's out in the marketplace um, using video uh, successfully in their businesses. Um, you know, uh, one's a big Amazon, a couple of them are big Amazon sellers. One's a children's toy called Cozy Phones. The other one provides computer peripherals. But to answer your question about the copywriting, in chap- at the end of chapters uh, four and five, I interviewed two of the country's top copywriters and asked them exactly the questions you're asking me. Um, you know, how do you, how do you take what you're doing and how does that apply to video? And then what are some secrets that you can share? And I feel like the, um, interviews at the end of each chapter are, are just as informative, if not more so, than a lot of the content I have in the book, um, just because these are people that are out there in the marketplace using these techniques every day to create more sales, whether they're in e-commerce, Amazon, or are doing emailing. Yeah. And so you had mentioned something earlier, you would uh, kind of briefly in passing was uh, the, kind of the story of the George Foreman grill. So I'm, I want to kind of uh, go back to that briefly before I, I dive into some more of the tactical stuff here, just because I don't want to forget about it. But tell me a little bit about that. How did that kind of come to fruition? Well, that, well, that was fun. Uh, I mentioned Salton Housewares mm-hmm. was the company that bought our business. They were based in Chicago. And one of the reasons they bought our business was twofold. And you see this happening today with brands that do a good job of marketing um, they bought us because of the product line and the brands we built, but they also bought us so that they could um, basically uh, buy the marketing expertise. And I'll give you an example, like um, Procter & Gamble bought Native Deodorant or, you know, because they were really good online marketers in addition to building that brand. Um, so anyway, they bought our company and, they, and so they came back to us with two products. One was a homemade bagel maker and the other one was a slanted grill uh, that, that they were trying to market called the Fajita Express. And the idea was it was slanted because they said you could put it on the edge of the table, you could hold a taco shell underneath it, cook hamburger meat, and then scrape it into your shell. So we helped them reposition that into, um, it, it, it's just funny how sometimes everything meets at the same time. George Foreman had recently just won uh, regained the heavyweight championship. He had knocked out Michael Moore and he was 46 years old. He was the oldest, um, uh, heavyweight champion ever. And, um, uh, he, and if, if you read newspaper stories at the time, he was kind of, he was really a lot overweight compared to his younger days. And he had talked about eating a lot of hamburgers and things like that. And so his, um, 
agent was looking for a product to endorse. So we thought it would be a good connection. And we got him up and, and, and turned the fajita maker into the lean, mean, fat-reducing grilling machine. And we took the slanted concept and used that as a way of draining fat and grease away from the food so you could cook your food in a healthier way and, and faster time frame. And, um, it, and the product just took off after that. Uh, George is a great spokesperson. And just to kind of bring the whole story 360, about a month ago, I got a call from his agent, and he and they said that there was a product out in the marketplace called Real Time Pain Relief, and George was going to be doing a, a deal with them. And would I be interested in 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 helping with the television marketing? And I said sure. And so two weeks ago, down in L.A., we shot a commercial with George that's going to be out um, mid October. So if you see George on TV, uh, that's a, another commercial that I did with him. So when you engage in something like that, I think that's really fascinating and kind of zooming in on that. It's like, okay, so you have this new product. When you scope something like that out, what what do you do to get the lay of the land to say, okay, this is what the product is? Like, what's the critical piece of information you need before you say you, 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 when you, before you write the script for what say the infomercial will be? Yeah, that's a great, a great question. Um, I've always had, uh, the George Foreman Grill is a little bit of an exception. I've always had my most um, success with products that are already in the marketplace and doing a little bit of sales. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I reach out to the database and I line up uh, 15 or 20 people and I um, sit them down in one location. Uh, I book them every 30 minutes, every 45 minutes. And I, and I basically ask them, I interview them, you know, what do you like about the product? What do you don't like? Why do you buy it? Is this for you or for someone else in your family? And, and at the end of that time, you automatically start to see trends about what people like, what they don't like, why they bought the product. And at the same time, I'm filming these people. So I'm, I'm killing two birds with, with one stone. I'm getting better information than any focus group because these are real customers that have actually purchased the product. And then I'm, I'm creating testimonials that I can use. The, the, if, you, if you talk to 15 or 20 people, I guarantee you, you'll get six to eight really powerful testimonials. And so I always do that as the first step. And that helps guide me um, and creating the marketing message. But then I also have great testimonials to use in whatever marketing vehicle that I'm, that I'm going to be using. Just quick pause on that because I find that just brilliant. I mean, it's it it sounds so simple once you put it in context. Where I'm like, that's almost so obvious. Like every company should be doing that, and yet I wonder how many actually do. Very very few. Um, you'd be surprised. And I I'm I like to stand up on a soapbox and say you need to talk to your customers. You'll get that's the best source of information um, that you can have. And so you hit the nail on the head. Um, not that many people are doing it. And, and, you know, for me, it's been a, a, one of the secrets of success with all these products we talked about is just burrowing down and finding out how the customer feels about it. And then being able to translate that into marketing materials. I want to zoom in on this real quick from a practical, um, uh, sure. like angle on this one, because, I'm thinking to myself, well, I want to do this, but my, you know, my customers are all over the world and, and they're, you know, buying digital products. And so mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get them into a room. We're not that, you know, we don't have a big enough footprint to do that. And I'm not in a major city, but I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, I like the idea of maybe I can do video calls and yes, for sure. I could line those up 10, 20, no problem. I'm curious, what would you do to, um, you know, make sure you're getting like the, 
the right customers in there to get the right feedback. And then I guess the second question, it's kind of a two-part question is when you're doing that, you said you're going to get like some positive feedback that'll turn into like kind of great testimonials and things like that. Are those the testimonials that you would then use for the production of an infomercial or would you like make a note and then come back and reshoot something? Absolutely. No, no, I, I, uh, those are that the, these are the authentic testimonials yeah. that, that we use, um, in the marketing vehicle, but I yeah. give you an example in my book, video persuasion, it answers the question you ask. I, I have a series of emails, um, that, uh, it's a series of five emails that you can send out to your database to get people to respond and be testimonials. The other thing that people are afraid of and, and the reason I don't know what they're, what pe- what companies or people are afraid of, but I've always found that if you just ask people, they're more than happy if they like your product or service to give you a great testimonial. And the problem is most people don't ask, and the, and then other you know the customers don't really volunteer. But if you take that first step and you you have a database because you email to people, um, send out these emails and 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 basically they're structured to get a response from the people and give a testimonial. But let me address the fact if people are spread out all over. Mm. Um, so what we'll do if there's enough customers, we do a uh, we go by um, uh, geographic location or zip code, and we might go say Houston, Texas. We get as many customers in the Houston area, and the numbers work. We can fill up a house, and we'll rent a house. We'll do a for rent by owner on a house. Bring a video crew in, and and we just tell everybody to show up. We schedule them um, that way. Um, but if you can't do that, you know, right now. Uh, Tom, you and I are on a Zoom call. Zoom has a video aspect to it. You could you could basically interview people um, over Zoom, uh, record it like we're recording this, get a transcript made, and you uh, and if you were um, basically weren't doing video but just basically wanted to get great sound bites, interview the people, get the transcript made. You could get transcripts made very easily at rev.com. R-E-V. Uh, dot com. It's very inexpensive. You go through the transcripts, pull out the best sound bites, see if the person would send you a photo, and you have the next best thing to video, which would be a photo and a and a, and a testimonial. But video is always going to work better than 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 just a written testimonial. And and I guess this is the thing just to clarify this piece because there's like I think there's a couple uh, pieces of gold here. One is when I lo- I love that idea. Just you know, a reminder everybody listening like. <laughs> get more testimonials, do it, make it like a part of what you do. Like you should be doing it. I, it's more well, of a it's, reminder it's, to myself. To me, it's the most powerful yeah. marketing tool in my arsenal. So go ahead. Yeah. And then the second piece though, was inter- kind of interesting on the kind of like the market research piece and how you might start by to, to write a story or something like that, or start to produce like something like an infomercial or something like that. And it's by starting with the customer. Why did you buy it? Cause they'll tell you everything, you know, I yeah. think from that, you'll be able to extract the fears and the desires you'll, you'll, you, you can go through that. So I'm kind of curious on that front, you know, if I'm doing it as a market research uh, piece as well, like maybe to better understand the customer, improve my marketing as I go, the side benefit of also getting testimonials. Like I like the idea of, of definitely reaching out, getting good testimonials, but I also like the market research piece of this. So I'm curious how you might break that up. Um, do, do you see what I'm asking? Like, I think the first piece is like, you know, how do you figure out exactly what the, the market is for a, a product before you create the infomercial? And it was, you were having these conversations with these, these customers. So when you bring them in, what is like the script you go through? Or what are the, some of the main questions you might ask somebody like that, that might elicit what you need to then craft that story? Yeah, that's a, a kind of a broad question. But yeah. um, 
and every you know every product's different you know but so let's just pick one like sure. sonicare toothbrush you know first of all i try to just be very conversational um especially if someone's sitting in front of a video camera sometimes they have a reaction they're like a deer in the headlights so you try to make the people as comfortable and calm as possible we're talking hey thanks for doing this coming in um just to, you know tell me your name what you do um what what made you decide to buy the Sonicare do toothbrush? And then I always tell people ahead of time, you know, they're never going to hear my voice in the interview. So you need to answer, include my question in your answer. So if I say, do you like the Sonicare toothbrush? You don't just say yes or no. Um, you say, I like the Sonicare toothbrush because, and that helps you get an, an entire soundbite um, from the people. And then I just keep, and then I just take it where it goes. I have, I usually have a list of 20 questions, which I, I have in my book that I ask everybody that I interview, but then it becomes a little bit free flowing based on what answers I'm getting from the people. Because sometimes um, people will come up and they say, well, I like the Sonicare, but it, you know, m one problem was it, it didn't hold the charge long enough. So then we would go back to the, um, my client, the manufacturer, and say, hey, you need to fix the charge on this thing. So mm. it's a constant feedback loop that you get. But in most cases, everybody's positive. They, they, they deliver really great answers. Um, you know, they'll find out, um, uh, you know, we came up with something interesting that people had been using the Sonicare toothbrush uh, had gone back to their dentist. And, and, and so I asked them, I go, well, when you went back to your dentist, were your teeth in better shape? And so about more than half the people said they got better dental checkups. So now we were able to take that information and put it into the offer that if you buy a Sonicare toothbrush and you don't get a better dental checkup, we'll refund your money. And we were safe to say that because we knew that based on talking to the customers, that that was something that had happened for them. I love it. And it's almost like, uh, it's like, it also like from that you're extracting, like, I forget who, who wrote about this, but you know, one of those ideas like that, that big, bold promise or something like that, Oh yeah. or, you know, and, and, and it's like the, the big guarantee, the big, you know, this is. Yeah. This and, is and I literally, um, that this is what enables me to go in. You asked earlier about different products and different categories. I don't bring necessarily any special expertise or genius to the table, I'm basically good at going and getting the information from people and then taking that information and then crafting it into a marketing message. Yeah, but that's a certain level of genius, right? I mean, that's like, a, that's like, the, you know, that's a storytelling genius. And I mean that like, yeah. not as uh, you know, yeah. um, but like, I think there is a certain genius to it because it's like, when I see it done, right. It's like watching a great boxer since we're yes. talking about George Foreman, you know, and, and it's like when you watch a really great boxer, like there's a lot of good boxers, a lot of great professionals and stuff like that. But then somebody who's like extremely good and you just like, there's, yeah, it's, there's nothing special that they're doing. They just do it all so well. And I feel mm -hmm. like storytelling is, is like that a little bit. And, yeah, and, let's talk and about storytelling for a second, because yeah. you brought that up many times. And, yeah. and um, you know, when I talk to anybody that has an e-commerce site, I tell them, uh, depending on the product or service they're marketing, um, one of the things they need is kind of an origin story. Um, you know, why did you start this business? What do, why, you know, why, why are you doing it? Uh, you know, answering the question why 
and and people want to know about the background of the founder, why they started the business, and then an overview of the business. And everybody should have a short two-minute or less video on their homepage that basically gives that information about what the business is and why you started it. And and in, in a perfect world, it's from the founder of the business because that's what who people want to hear from. And then, um, you know, the other types... Um, you know, I have a, a free download on my website, uh, rickcesari.com. It's the three most popular types of online content and how you can uh, deploy it to help make your business better. And you can just go and leave your email address and get that for free. But the three most popular types of content, we talked about testimonials already. Um uh, tutorial videos, which are how-to videos. So if you're selling a product or service, uh, you should have some type of tutorial video in addition to the origin story and then demonstration video. And um, the demonstration video is more of the sales video. And I go through the five steps to making a good demonstration video uh, that's going to convert better. And you mentioned something earlier, Tom, that um, I, I didn't answer it at a time or, or we passed over it. Uh, you mentioned about having a CTA. And you'd mm -hmm. be surprised, again, at how many people will make a demonstration video or some type of video and then they leave out the CTA. Um, and so they get people excited about a product or service, and then they don't tell people the next step or what they want them to do. And it can be as simple as visit my website, you know, put the product in the cart, push the buy button on Amazon. But if you don't tell people to take that step, they won't do it. And so that's really important to include in, in you know, the, uh, a demonstration type video. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I like that idea to the good reminder to have that origin story. And mm -hmm. you think that's kind of critical for every website, like the reminder of the video on the homepage. Mm -hmm. um, this is good. And, and you said that's on your homepage. So we'll make sure that's linked up in the show notes. So for those who are listening, tomworkus.com slash podcast, and uh, you'll find the most recent episode there. And in the show notes, you'll be able to click through to uh, this. Hopefully this, this will put that on there and the link to the book as well. But uh, That's awesome. I, I want to download that and kind of go through it myself now because right now is kind of the time where I'm, I'm looking at like, how do we improve, you know, videos that we're doing? And, and right now they're really lame and low budget, but like they're better than nothing. But I'm like, now I want to kind of level, like take that next level of, of video marketing. So this is perfect, perfect timing. So this has been really fascinating. I'm curious, Rick, um, before I let you go here, is there anything else that you think is kind of critical to this? Because I know we've we covered a lot of topics, went kind of back and forth on a bunch of things too. Um, anything that I missed here that you think for anybody who wants to incorporate um, kind of the, the, the tools of the trade that you're going to, you teach in video persuasion that they should be thinking about when it comes to marketing or sales or even video sales? Yeah, or, just, or a, video just a couple points because um, we never really talked mm. about how much video is becoming part of society. Um, it's almost like every second, 17,000 hours of new video be produced. Um, and video, people just, unfortunately, because I love to read, but people don't like to read anymore. They like to get their information via video. And so if you aren't using video, you need to start using it and start deploying it um, if you're in any type of, of, of marketing. And then... Um, uh, you know, just the second part of that is is really 
we didn't talk about, and I don't go spend a lot of time there about um, creating good video from a technical standpoint. Um, you know, the difference between today and 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you had to spend tens of thousands of dollars to hire a crew with expensive cameras, expensive lighting, and it was hard to produce video. Now we all have... Um, iPhones or Android phones in our hand that have amazing cameras. And I t uh, tell people in the book that, you know, the secret to creating good video uh, with your with your phones is really just to have a simple lighting and a simple um, microphone. And you can get both of those uh, for under $100 on Amazon. And I, t I talk about a couple different kinds. And then there's also the technology of different platforms out there that allows you to create video, uh, Content Samurai, um, Lumen 5. There's just, I, I go over 10 different ones in the book where you can just go online and use these apps and they'll, they'll, you'll, you'll enable to, to create um, really nice videos. They make it really easy for you. So technology's really come a long way and in, in, in helpful in, in, the, in the video production part of it. Yeah. And I'm, I am excited to explore this more. And that's a great point because when I look at this and kind of what's happening in the video space, not only the proliferation of it, but it's, it's almost like uh, it's different, but it's got some similarities to like almost like when Amazon came on the scene and expanded like ebook distribution and made that kind of more commonplace. Mm -hmm. And then what happened alongside that was all these different ways of like producing books on the cheap. So now all of a sudden the publishers, the big publishers aren't the only ones who can, can produce this, but there's these apps, software and things like that. Lots of little yeah. tools, lots of people who are in the ecosystem now and bring the, the level of experience you'd need down to, to almost like no barrier to entry, almost yeah. on video too. Like there's still a barrier to entry, but it's, it's, it's lower getting lower seems. and lower. Yeah. Let me leave you one more fact because you, yeah. you've mentioned email quite a bit. Um, and I have these, these, um, uh, facts in my book. This is from HubSpot. Mm. Using video in an email leads to 200 to 300 percent increase in click-through rates. So think about if you're using email in your marketing now without a video and you put a video in there, um, how that can impact your business. And, um, you know, using video on a landing page can increase conversion rates by as much as 80%. So these are not my statistics. These are from the big marketing platforms and things like mm. that, but really just underlying how important video is and how much more impactful to the uh, end user it is when you start using video. That's awesome. Well, that's uh, that should be a wake-up call to everybody listening. Uh, get on it. Um, I'm going to be exploring it more. So maybe we'll have more conversations like this in the future and maybe I'll be doing some more writing and, and production around it. But I think it's fascinating. And this has been just a fantastic uh, conversation, Rick. I really appreciate your time and sharing your insights and advice and just uh, you know all this wisdom. I mean, there are seriously some some great gold in here that I hope people can extract and take with them and apply. So thank you so much for your time and for being on In the Trenches. Hey, thank you for having me as a guest. I really appreciated speaking with you. Awesome, Rick. And I'm going to do one last shout out again. Check out Rick's book. Uh, and will this, this will be available on Amazon, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Video Persuasion. Uh, it's uh, being released um, October 15th. And uh, I urge everybody to go out and buy it. It'll, it'll help uh, improve your business. Yep. It's a no brainer. So thank you, Rick, so much. All right. Thank you. Bye now. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating review. Just go to tomworkus.com slash iTunes, and that'll take you to iTunes where you can leave a five-star rating review. And that really helps spread the word about this podcast. And finally, if you need help growing your online business or generating new traffic leads and sales at a profit, 
reach out to me at tom at tomworkus.com or head over to the website tomworkus.com and sign up for the free newsletter. That's it for today. Stay frosty.